this thing. No title again. Is it rolling, Bob? Yes, indeed. Welcome, boys and girls, to a new Dixon Jane's podcast. This would be a palindromic wonder, a palindromic wonder, number 949. Thank you, Anthony. Um, yeah, I'm sitting in my road track. It's a uh, Monday morning, 11-ish, and uh, I've got one thing on the list today, and that's to restart my uh, physiotherapy at uh, Providence Healthcare. I always enjoy that time, time well spent. I have not done any physio since I ended there. Uh, you know, I had these exercises I was doing from the home care person came along. I've lost the sheet with things, and I just haven't done any because of the pain that came back. And I mentioned by the time I got to see a doctor, the pain had gone, and uh, it hasn't come back since. So anyway... Uh, enough about uh, health. Um, all's well. I, I finished the last two podcasts. That was my little road trip. And by God, that was a good time. And I hope to do more of that. With the focus being on people and the exchanges. It's not the places, it's the people. So uh, we'll see what comes up next. Uh, next, starting uh, today's Monday, Wednesday, I'm going camping. The, the main reason I booked one night at Darlington, the closest and probably least likable of all the provincial parks, but it's uh, it's just down the highway, um, because I needed to drink drain the tanks. I think I mentioned that, the piss tanks. And um, then when I got on, I saw I'd booked for one night. Why the hell, if I'm going there, why not two? It looks like a good spot, and... Uh, so I've got two nights camping coming up this week, and I'll, I'll probably take you along because I won't finish. Uh, I won't finish this one before then. Yeah, so be prepared. You'll be hearing me uh, probably zombied out, sitting in a chair in a park. Um, I got a few things I put on my list. No detailed notes, but just um, just things to uh, you know help me make sure <laughs> there's some content here. Uh, rather than just uh, oh, wandering hither and thither. Okay, Yuki, my cat. What a good life that cat lives. Now, mind you, she woke me at 5 o'clock this morning like persistent. She can just make noise, meowing and howling like, Hey, get up. I need food in my dish and I need to get out. So 5 o'clock this morning I was up, I let her out, and then when I looked out the window, she was still sitting on the deck because a giant raccoon had uh, decided there was good good eatings in my wife's in Naoko's garden. She had just recently dumped some oil there from cooking bacon, and I uh, heard that was good for the soil, and uh, eggshells and coffee grinds, and I don't know, I think the raccoon figured, hey, there's some good hunting here. So... Uh, he was there for quite a while. Speaking of wildlife, uh, yesterday, my wife and I, I can't say my wife and I, come on, Nalco and I, so few of you have actually met her, probably even have an idea what she's really like. I mean, I'm still trying to figure it out, but yesterday we had an absolutely wonderful day. We drove to uh, Presque Isle Provincial Park. 
It's just down the road. It's before St. Banks, off the 401 on that little uh, Prince Edward County area, little peninsula. Lovely spot, and it was just a perfect day. No bugs, nice breeze off Lake Ontario. Um, and we, it was just wonderful. And then nice slow drive back uh, via Highway 2 all the way to Port Hope where we uh, bought some steaks for supper, and uh, or we did that close by. And Anyway... Just a really pleasant outing, how good it felt. But just as we were leaving the beach area, there was a big turtle. It must have been at least a foot across on the shell in the middle of the road. And you knew, oh, my God, the horror. You think of a car running over that thing, you know, easy to miss this thing. Although, you know, if you're a camper in a park, you should be paying attention. But who knows, families with kids bouncing around, you might have missed it. Anyway, we knew we stopped the car and we backed up cars behind us. I said, no, we, we have to get this thing. And what a vicious turtle. Now, Uncle tried picking it up, and you know, on the back by the shell. And this thing had like razor-like claws that just would reach out and a head snapping. I, I don't know if it was a snapping turtle, but it was snapping. And man, oh man. And so another couple came by in their bikes. And between Naoko and this other woman... And uh, a few lifts and uh, a real battle to get this thing off the the roadway. Uh, it was just a dirt roadway, but uh, and into the grass. And it did not want to go. It wanted to go right back where it was. Man, what a fight! So anyway, yeah, a little aside there. Um, I when I returned from my last trip, I went to the library, returned my books, and went to the what's new shelf and found spare. I don't think I mentioned that. Because I think the last time I podcast might have been from Valleyfield, my hometown. And I thought it's kind of interesting that I'm podcasting now from my kid's hometown, Scarborough. My last podcast or recording was from my hometown, Valleyfield. And the day before that, I had gone to visit my parents' hometown or home. I guess they were teenagers and young, uh, Chambly and Richelieu. Quebec. So uh, there you go. Three generations of three different hometowns. Uh, anyway, uh, I picked up Spare. I I think I've decided I don't really like uh, Harry. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how I'd feel about William. Maybe not much more. I do like Prince Charles and I feel for him. Uh, but he'd be also be, I mean, that whole crew, everybody except the Queen would be easy to dislike. <laughs> so any of you out there who are diehard anti-royalists, I certainly understand your feelings. But uh, a lot of the book was just his time in the army, the military, and killing people and stuff, and learning to fly an Apache helicopter, which is an accomplishment. He had, he owns up, he's the first to own up, he was not very bright, not very good in school, excelled at sports. Uh, traumatized by the death of his mother, and never that you know, that runs throughout the book, and understandably, and I I feel for him on that. It was a horrible way to lose a mother, who was the only one in the, the palace, of the royal family, who could show affection and give them the love they needed, and uh, bam, she's taken out, and so there's a vile, deep hatred for the uh, paparazzi, for photographers, for interviewers. Uh, the press he got was vicious and mean, even though he did stupid things like owning up to wearing a Nazi uniform to a party. Uh, blame some of that on his brother and the rivalry there. Um, but it is a very interesting read, you know, with the help of a good writer to uh, help him get through this. But it's a very interesting read. 
And it wasn't until page 270, it's getting near the end, that's part three, uh, when he meets Meghan Markle. So all of the stuff up there was prior to. And I, I really found it interesting, the uh, the boyhood. Nothing about his uh, nasty uh, uncle uh, who got into all the trouble with the underage girls. Uh, very little in the way of gossip. Uh, just little tidbits here and there about, uh, you know, his grand, the queen, uh, who he adored. Uh, but the stiffness of being in the royal family. So you can certainly he earns a little sympathy uh, for just the hardship of being a royal and being followed everywhere and having to travel with guards. And uh, so you can't tell always. He was a heavy drinker, pot smoker. Got into some mushrooms when he hit Hollywood. And uh, so, I mean, it, it's interesting in that respect. Hey, this guy's another human. Uh, flawed for sure. Um, but then what member, if you go through the history of the royal family, what member wasn't flawed? So anyway, I'm just saying it's uh, if you're, you know, maybe nobody, wa- you know, there's a certain amount of disgust. How could he do this and turn his back on the family and badmouth them? But uh, it is an interesting read, okay? I'll just park that. Um, I got another piece of paper in the mail when I got back, and it is from the TTC Wheeltrans. And this is Wheeltrans is the service that helps people who are handicapped when they need rides to doctor's appointments or whatever. Just grocery shopping, you see these little things, uh, a van, you know, maybe it's got a ramp installed for people with wheelchairs. Uh, and it says Wheeltrans on them. And I applied because things like the only cafe anywhere, there's no elevator I can't use. But uh, my response, what they gave me was conditional eligibility. So that might mean during rush hour, I might be able to get a ride because it's pretty hard to get on and off a, a bus or streetcar during rush hour. There's just no room. So that was one condition. If I had, say, an early appointment uh, during rush hour, I might be able to get a, a door-to-door ride. Um, the other condition was heavy snow in the winter and the sidewalks are unmanageable. I might be able to get door-to-door service. Um, and anywhere where it was impossible to get without having to use stairs or an escalator, which you can't use with a walker. It's just not permitted legally. Uh, you know, so like a subway station with no elevator. But basically, they can, they do a sort of condition. How far can you walk? So, for example, if I wanted to come home, there's, there's an absolutely wonderful app. Trip Links, I think it's called. A really good app. And you can check the box that says wheelchair accessible. And you type in... Where do you, where are you coming from? Where do you want to get to? What time do you want to arrive by or leave? Whatever, you know. Uh, and it works. And so you check the accessible box. And I want to come home from the only cafe back to 106 Farmbrook Road. Oop, to my address. Home. Um, and um, it shows me I can walk to Pape Station. I have to walk to Pape Station. I don't qualify. The walk is not that far from Donlin's, where the only is, to the next subway stop, Pape, which has an elevator. So I would have to do that and then get on the subway, get to Kennedy Station, which is always, you know, mass. They have an elevator. I've never seen it, but it's there apparently. Um, and then get on an 86 or a 116, get to... Bellamy Road North, the Eglinton Gold Station, then catch 
another bus. So what would normally take half an hour would take an hour. So it's not very convenient at all, which means maybe late at night, maybe an Uber or that lift, that amazing lift I got last time in the Jeep might be the way to go. I just don't know. But uh, that's it. And I'm not going to protest. They say you can challenge this. Uh, And I'm certainly not going to. There are people in far worse condition than me who need this service, and it's an expensive service to run. You're basically, you're hiring out a fleet of private taxis. So there you go. Just bringing you up to date on that. David Amram. And David Amram is the musician. I guess some listeners would have heard that sounds familiar because Ken's talked about him a lot. Uh, He's the fellow, the uh, classical composer, movie composer, a friend of Jack Kerouac's, the person who did the music for Pull My Daisy, the film. Um... David Amram is, um, I guess, we hope he's going to be at uh, Lowell Celebrates Kerouac this October. I'm all, I'm going. Uh, I'm I'm sad that, not, well, I don't know if I'm sad or not, <laughs> that nobody that I know outside of friends already going there will be going. For example, Adam Greatrix or Sylvain Garamaison, who would enjoy it. Um, will actually get to Lowell, Massachusetts for this thing. But I think they're going to do something for David Amram. Now, I went back to my old podcasts um, from 2017 when I first went to Lowell, and I am so glad that I recorded a lot of the music, in particular David Amram, and in particular the lead-up to the film, Pull My Daisy, which was premiering that night, a a, a new version of it, whatever. Um, And it's just incredible. He is a virtuoso on flute, on on wind instruments, on keyboard. He's an amazing man. I think he's going to be 90 this year or more. And he comes to this thing and just gives it his all and hangs out and talks to people after. It's just it's just amazing. We're talking celebrities who are just hanging out with the young people who are fans of Kerouac. Amazing. So uh, I'm, I was just grateful to go back and listen to all that. And, and uh, you know, just, wow, thank you. And, um, you know, reaffirms my determination to uh, make sure I don't miss this year. All right, so that's it, LCK 2023. Uh, Presqu'il, I think I already mentioned, and the Toronto election, I just keep coming back to. It looks like Olivia Chow has a uh, a lead by 30%, but whoever wins, there's going to be a lot of Torontonians not happy with the outcome. If it is Olivia Chow, uh, there's going to be battles continually over money and funding and issues uh, with the provincial government under uh, Doug Ford. Um, this is this is going to be a, a lot of mess. Now, I was thinking about switching my vote to uh, Anna Beleo, I think that's a Portuguese from Portugal immigrant, who is not quite as confrontational as Chao, uh, had some ideas I'm supportive, like very much in favor of keeping the Toronto airport. And I think Chao might be against that, which I don't think is a good move. Um, wants to keep the, the Science Centre building and repurpose it, but is in favour of supporting the new Science Centre on uh, the Kent, Ontario Place. So there's, there's so many mixed issues here. They all say, yeah, uh, housing, you know, more housing support, more housing built for the poor uh, and those in need. You know, just housing is number one. 
Uh, curbing violence on the TTC is probably number two. Uh, but it's a hugely important election. You know, that, that, that more than so many others. So uh, stay tuned. It's uh, coming up in June. So that's about it. That's all I've got. And we have notes, and that's about 15 minutes for a start. And I know I'm going to have a lot more to say when I get camping. So I may close it off there. It's just do you, you a favor before I start uh, finding other strange things to talk about. Yeah, Scarborough dude sitting in his road trek, kind of happy, happy after yesterday, and uh, looking forward to men's group tomorrow and camping Wednesday and physio this afternoon. Scarborough Dude, signing out from uh, from Sal. Bye for now. Chick, chick. A chicken would like to uh, join in, but uh, I've said no. I don't think our neighbors want to hear chicken. So, I am sitting here in my absolutely wonderful spot at Darlington Provincial Park. It is 11.45, no, 12.45. I left home at 11.15. 45-minute drive to get here, and then uh, within 30 minutes of arriving at the gate, I, I'm all set up. That's the beauty of the road trek. You you plug it in. But first, you've got to orient yourself. Okay, where do I want to park? I'm on a, it's kind of an open, these are called drive-through sites. You can come in, drive in, and drive out by the other exit. You don't know backing in or like uh, a lot of the parks are. Uh, it's surrounded by trees, and it's right on the edge. It's cliffside. So if I was to uh, take my walker and just go a few steps, a few yards, I'd be looking at Lake Ontario. And I'll do that soon, but right now I'm sitting comfortably in a chair with the uh, little mug of uh, hot coffee that I made for the road trip. It was so short I didn't finish it. I mean, a 40-minute drive from Scarborough to Darlington. I've always badmouthed this park. Uh, you know, there is some highway noise in the distance and some trains. Of course, I love the trains. But, in fact, <laughs> this spot is just wonderful. And um, so you, you you drive in and then you look around, you get out and you walk around uh, and figure, okay, where, there's the picnic table, there's the fire pit, where do I want to be? And I realized I just had to back in, reverse right up between the picnic table and the fire pit. And it is perfect. It was just the right spot. So to have something done so easily, because there there are times when you've got, it's really tricky backing your uh, your vehicle in and uh, avoiding trees and rocks and everything else. Uh, this was just so easy. And uh, so plugged in and then right away I thought, okay, it was a bit messy from the last site or the picnic table, you know, hadn't been washed. <laughs> so on comes the uh, tablecloth with the clips, which, you know, is becoming a new feature. And it's just nicer, you know, okay, that's my table now. It's clean. And then crank out the awning. And I had parked in such a way that it was absolutely perfect. The, I didn't have to move anything. I mean, I'd pre-moved the picnic table a little bit to make sure um, by just sliding it, uh, you know, uh, not even a foot. And then out, come the, uh, out comes the awning with the poles, and it's just set up perfectly, so there's a shade if I want it. 
Uh, and it just makes you feel cozy that your table is under your awning. Like, this is your dining area. This is yours. So there's this wonderful sense of claiming space that comes with camping. Okay, this is mine. And uh, there's a neighbor across the road in a big trailer and a pickup truck, which, you know, I may nod to later or may not. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, it's just early. I mean, technically, this wasn't my spot until 2 o'clock. I had it by noon. As I was pretty damn sure nobody had camped here the night before. Uh, and actually, they, they had, but they they left this morning. So it was open for me. Otherwise, I would have had to wait somewhere else. But uh, anyway, it, it's just such a good feeling. And, and I took a picture of the road trek from both sides, you know. Um, and asked myself, what did I do to deserve this? How did I end up so lucky? How did I get this? I mean, what the hell am I doing with a road trek? Like, I, I couldn't have imagined that years and years ago. I, I mean, now it's going on. I'll have it six years this fall. But it, it, and yet, it's just the perfect thing for me to have, especially given my present condition of, uh, you know, some walking issues, balance issues. Hey, I'm fine. And and I think when I told that to Naoko that I feel empowered again. Like, I'm, I don't have a disability. I've got a vehicle that just supports me. And it's it's just wonderful. I'm, I've mentioned last time I went camping, I just get better and better at packing. It's faster. It's easier. Uh, although Bruce says I, I do this all the time and I still haven't got it right. But I, I'm saying I'm pretty damn close to it. Really what I want is one set of clothes that will stay in the road trek. You know, they'll get washed as needed. But, you know, T-shirt, pants, um, you know, uh, what you need. A change of clothes that will always be here as backup. And I'll just put it in one of the overhead storage bins. God damn um, so this, again, you know, I'm, I'm conscious of how this may sound, and it isn't meant to be bragging at all. It's just meant to be, I'm, I'm blessed, and I'm, I'm grateful for my good fortune, and yet, and yet, and yet, I did this. Now, with a lot of help, starting with, uh, Getting hired back in Japan to that wonderful job that gave me the money to set myself up and get a home. So it's not that I'm saying I did this alone or look at me, look what I achieved. It's just things have worked out very well for me in life. And I'm at a point where I'm just more and more grateful. Um, and more and more positive and feeling more and more... Uh, you know, together. Like this joke of starting the podcasting. I'm going to do 100 episodes until I reach um, Nirvana. Well, I'm coming on for a 1,000 episodes. And uh, I, I can't say I've reached Nirvana, but I sure can say I'm in a very positive space and a lot. Oh, I'm just pretty damn happy and pretty damn... Uh, Blessed, and, and a lot does have to do with outlook. Um, it isn't just that 
the road trek makes me happy. It's it's every step along the way that whatever whatever made me make that decision. Well, it was, part of it was my knees not working right, and wouldn't it be nice to have a vehicle like this that I could uh, travel with? And here we are now. Here we are now. All right, enough of that. I know that's got to be painful to listen to, but I, I'm sort of telling myself this stuff, and that's what. I do on the Nixon James podcast. Uh, another little note: I've um, I've been commenting for some time that every time Nalco leaves the door on her way to work, she's wearing something different. And I know it sounds like an exaggeration, but <laughs> when she left today, she was wearing what was quite obviously something that had been a blouse and something that had been a dress, and now these two completely different articles of clothing were sewn together to make a dress from a top from one thing and, a, and a, a skirt from something else or you know maybe it was a dress and not a skirt I don't know anyway it was put together the colors went really well there are different shades of blue I mean and there are different patterns entirely it was it was just something unique and um you know I said does anybody notice it at work and she said oh yes the the I mean she's doing this for the residents it, it's just you know, they'll somebody will notice and comment because she is she is stylish and it isn't a flaunting like the latest fashion. This is no, this is Naoko's thing, and uh, what she does, you know, often I don't, you know, I don't know if I'll ever see that outfit again. Uh, she'll put things in a bag and give it to a friend, and the friend she has, a very a very close friend. Uh, isn't stylish at all, and really doesn't have much interest for clothes, but we'll take them and then probably pass them on to some of her friends. It's somebody they'll get reused. So she said just by chance she saw a friend of her friend wearing her, one of her T-shirts that uh, she had made, because even a T-shirt will get redesigned. There'll be something sewn on the back, something that in, you know may be incongruous, but it, it just it works. Anyway, it, it's just... I mean, I'm... Blessed to have this road check, but oh my God, far more important than that, I'm so blessed to be married to uh, this very interesting and very unique, uh, wonderful lady. And, uh, you know, we, we've we've had our ups and downs, believe me, as, as is the case I'm hearing with any marriage, but uh, we seem to be doing a little better now, which is quite nice. Um, I guess I'll leave it at that. Uh, I've got my books. I'm finally, I'm just at the day of the wedding of uh, the spare. I told my cousin, my cousin Zeke phone last night and I told him I was reading and he, he scolded me for my goodness. You know, I said, these are, the, this is the British version of the Kardashians. So he has uh, no, uh, no use for them. Although I, I, I suspect he's still a, a monarchist at heart. Uh, and certainly probably a fan of the Queen. Who couldn't be? Anyway, I, I'm not going to do much more. I'm just, I'm just checking in and, and feeling so damn happy. I only bought five beer, but then I bought a big bottle of wine, and then I opened one of the drawers looking for the clips for the uh, tablecloth and found another bottle of wine. So <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'll be doing just fine. Scarborough dude, a very, very, very happy dude. Um, greeting you from Darlington Provincial Park, and uh, just uh, 
absorbing the joys, the sense of freedom, the sense of independence, the sense of beauty. I, I mean, as I look up at these trees, it, it is absolutely gorgeous right here, high above the shore of Lake Ontario. Signing off. Bye-bye. Okay, i got to tell you something. Now, I, I, I have either just had a very profound observation or the cookie's really starting to kick in. I think it's a combination of both, actually. Uh, the thing is, I am enjoying uh, Spare, Prince Harry's Spare, uh, far more than I thought I would. Um, it, it has been a good read. And I think there's a story behind, really behind it. I think the story, I think he really was traumatized by his mother's murder by the paparazzi. That's how he sees it. They 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 were directly, you know, a cause. And he's going on and watching it happen with his his wife now. Do you think I'm going to let this thing that they did to my mother happen to my wife? I'm suing those bastards. I'm going after the mob. And um, that's a powerful story. That's a, I mean, there's real motivation and drive and, and so on. And, and, I, and I know uh, people can make light of all of this, but it is a real, true story. This is a real human being who's been born into this thing and thinking, holy fuck, this is hard. I don't think I want to do this. And uh, so he opted out. Good for him. He had the guts to do it. And uh, the thing is, it's like I said, I, I, I don't think I'd really like the guy, but I don't like, I'm sure there's not that many people he likes. You know, he's seen the worst of humans in a lot of ways. I'm sure he's seen some good things in the people of Britain, you know, uh, showering some good things on him. Mean, he just did, he did a lot of stupid things, there's no doubt about it, and wasn't, he admits, you know, not the sharpest knife in the drawer. But, um,. Boy, whoever helped him with this did a really, really good job because it is a good read on top of that. I mean, it's 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 fun to read. It's moving. There's, uh, it gets on. It covers a lot of ground. Of course, you, you, there's certain things that really draw you in more, like anything about his relation with his father. And I, and I'm and you know, he didn't go into much psychology or anything else or trying to analyze his father in relation to you know Harry's grandfather. Um, but anyway, um, I've, uh, <laughs> I've enjoyed it. I like the face on uh, the cover of it of just, bam, that's him with his beard that, uh, you know, he was supposed to shave, uh, for his, uh, wedding and refused to, and didn't, he had military uniform and so on. But anyway, he got permission from the queen not to, but it, 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 it no, it's, it's really, I highly recommend this, uh, you know, some people just simply won't, or, you know, or, or maybe only seeing, what the hell, I just dropped, oh, it's my phone. Anyway, I am probably am going to be wandering a bit right now because uh, such is the state of my mind. Uh, but I have a, a wonderful camping spot. I hear train whistles in the distance, which I never mind. I find it quite comforting, actually. Uh, I'm well set up. I got my chair here. I opened the one can of lug tread I had. I'm still drinking it. I've been at this thing for over an hour, I'm sure. 
Um, my walker is right beside me, so when I need to go and bring get something from the van or bring something back, I use this just for safety's sake. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm well set up, and I'm just I'm just letting time stretch out. You know, you just don't want time to fly by, and it, and it does when you're looking at a clock or a, you know a, a schedule or. You know, all, all the reminders of boxed-up time you want to get here and uh, feel the time is really the changing color of the sky, you know? Anyway, uh, I'm, in a, I'm in a good space. I'm happy about that. I'm happy I took, I'm happy I took that quarter uh, cookie. Yeah, yeah, and not more, you know. That was darn plenty. My goodness, that was a good buy. That was from the... Uh, Sweet Leaf Shop, I think, and uh, a little stretch of highway that's all cannabis shops. Um, stretch of land that's in, uh, what do you call it, on native territory? A reservation? Um, anyway, yeah. So I guess I'll I'll leave in before I drift off. My God, it seems like I've been talking forever, and it's not even five minutes. But um, yeah, I'm connecting also while this is going on with um, Philip Philip Thomas. So yeah, I'm signing off. I'll be back later on, and uh, I'll just continue to ride the current here. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Appreciate all you listeners out there. Means the world to me. Well, not quite, but does mean a great deal. Bye-bye. I had my first sentence already composed, and it's uh, completely gone, of course. (sighs) I think it might have been the reason I was turning on this machine, this recording device. And... um, now I've lost uh, I've lost the answer why I have the little Buddha I have a Buddha out he's been sitting in a top shelf in the road track for quite a while a little brass incense burner and tonight's the first time I've put it out and I've put it on my uh, black polka dot or white polka dots on black uh, plastic tablecloth and uh, it seemed tonight seemed the night to bring it out and bring it facing where I knew I'd be sitting, sort of looking out towards me, looking uh, almost a uh, protection, almost a, a weird, you know, little, oh my God, any little icon to uh, to make the place holy? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I, I was just thinking about the love I have for my friend Tom, how lucky I am to be an intimate friend of uh, Tom, uh, is it, what is it, Lucier's or something like that? I just know him as Fog Tom. Um, yeah, thinking it's uh, getting near time for another trip to Windsor. And uh, not to be so dependent on Shane and Lauren this year. They have their hands full. They're busy people. I think maybe lean on Tom instead. Maybe meet... Uh, Meet Shane and Lorna. Between meals at a brew pub or something. Yo. 
yeah, okay, here's the thing. I probably should not have turned this thing on because um, that definitely was not just the body cookie. That was the head cookie. Uh, I wrote a little poem. I think, a poem I, I think I sent to Tom. It wasn't very good, but of course I'm going to share it to you. Not even sure I'd quite call it a poem, but what did I send to Tom? Sent Elaine a message, sent Philip a message. Oh yeah, I now remember what I was talking about. It was the, um... Whoa, did I just have it and lose it again? No, I was, I, I mean, I definitely had it the second time. And, uh, just lost. So I'll go back to finding my, uh, my little poem. Maybe that'll bring it back to me. Okay, that was to Ghislaine, no. The one to Tom, here we are. Hell, yes, it ended, and, uh... I'm cookied up, digging living. How rich my life for sharing friends. It's pretty pathetic. So don't, uh, don't take that as my final product. I like the sound of cookied up. Digging living, it was already corny at that point, digging living... But I didn't want to do digging, being. Digging, being. Digging, being. Okay, that's better. Digging, living. Digging, being. Jesus, you idiot. Of course, you know. No, I didn't want a heart for it. I wanted to edit it. What, I can't edit it? I don't know. It's something from the past. Hmm. Anyway, uh, where were we? Um, I don't think we were anywhere in particular. I certainly wasn't. I don't know where you were. Hanging on to my every word, perhaps. Yeah, so now I've got it again. Okay, this is the third time for this thought, and if I just stop talking now, I'll be able to present the thought, because I think it's just maybe slipping out of my grasp once again. Gosh, that's quite excessive, isn't it? Um, I, and again, I know it'll come back, because uh, it is the whole point of why I'm talking now. And yet it just, it recedes, you know? It's like a little game, a little teaser. Buddha, is that you doing that, you little brass bronze Buddha? Brass bronze sounds good, but uh, I don't think it, uh, I don't think it uh, makes sense. I think you have to scratch that line, too. Okay, so I will... Uh, admit I won't stand up because uh, that's just looking for trouble, but uh, that I um, I am a little high. I am a little high. Lovely, please. Honestly, I, you know, again, it, it sounds phony after a while, but like counting your blessings, I think this particular spot, you know, like it Showed up on the map. Well, that's got it's the end of the row. That's got to be a good sight. And it really is a nice sight. There's just a couple of tenters across from me now. I haven't engaged with them. I, I engaged. I think they're both, I think, Chinese, definitely Asian. I don't know if they're speaking English or not. They're in love, which is nice. But I am 90% convinced I have uh, seen them camping before. They have a white BMW, uh, no, um, Volkswagen, and they are tent camping. And I've seen that set up before, and I've seen them before. And, you know, in another campground, it might have been uh, McGregor, 
but we never engaged, never had a conversation. And it looks like this time would be the same. I think I don't think they want to be bothered or me making small talk to them, you know. Hey, it's bad enough that our uh, site is right out in the open and we only got tents. But uh, do you have to draw our attention to it by shouting over at us, buddy? That was me projecting a little, pretending that her reaction would be like that, in case you weren't following along with the plot. Because I'm sure not. That thing that I'm trying to remember... Ah, it's yes, being in the moment. Being in the moment. (laughs) I guess each of those times, was I in the moment, not in the moment? I don't know. But the topic was being in the moment. But sometimes the moment consists of you... Thinking, reflecting, recalling, um, and making plans, making ventures, looking to the future. You're in the present, but your present is stirring up some cooking there, making some stuff happen. Like, hey, we're going to have ourselves a little gathering in Windsor. Invite anybody who wants to come. Windsor's a cool place to hang out. Start at the Fog Lounge. What more do you want? Even if it's just Gillian, Philip, and myself, and of course Tom and Sheen and Lauren, uh, and of course some of their hangers-on, and uh, Tom's bartenders, and who knows. I'd like to see the the two ex-girlfriends, Sheen's ex-girlfriend and uh, Tom's (laughs) ex-girlfriend. That's not going to happen. No, they they would not want that. No, no, no. So, uh, out of respect for those guys, because I do value the friendship. All right, that's off. That's off the table. Okay. Back and down. Speaking of which, again, go, going back to that book, the compromises they had to make, the uh, the kowtowing, and the I, I have admiration for the, um, the hatred that Harry has for the uh, the queen's underlings the ones uh, he nicknamed the, the the there's a fly and a wasp and a something else that loves the dung but uh, he's just despicable characters who get between the queen and the family and so on and look after the books he almost made it seem like a Howard Hughes or Elvis Presley thing you know when poor Harry couldn't get to or Tom not Tom I'm talking about Tom Lounge not Tom Lounge, Fog Tom. Um, when, uh, yeah, Harry could not get through to the Queen, you know, after she had uh, said, sure, I'll meet you. Ooh, startling moment in the book. Gee, it's, that's, well, I hope I haven't, I hope nobody would consider that a spoiler, you know. Not saying, well, yeah. I don't think anybody listening to this is going to read, or if they do remember what it was I just said anyway. I don't think there's any risk going on here. But I am recommending the book. I'm saying, no, 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 this is a good read. It's a good read. I think I'm also just in a receptive mood for, uh, you know, reading something good and interesting. And, uh, you know, you just get very, very little gossip, you know, a little bit of Elton John here and there. Not much. But uh, I, I I really like again the the paw scenes, and you know, okay. Guess who's the villain? And I'm, I I might, I might this could be a spoiler. If if okay, I think I'm going to give a spoiler. I think I'm going to give a spoiler here. Um, well, if you didn't know who the villain was, 
before reading. Well, no, no, because you're probably thinking, okay, it's uh, it's Kate, you know, and it's no, 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 it's really the other name that begins with a sound, but it's not a K. Yeah, her boy. I think Harry really had it in for her. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> I uh, have clearly n- nothing further to say that is of any use to you right now. Other than be grateful I'm sharing my inner my inner self with you. With me. No, okay, there's the thing. And I'm, we'll circle back to the point. Do If you're thinking about other things, if you're replaying memories, if you're thinking about planning something, are you robbing yourself cheating yourself out of the present moment, the real present moment where you just sit, tilt your head back and feel the sun pouring down on your cheeks, on your skin, and it's just the right temperature and uh, your arms are free and it's just a light caress from the air, you know, knowing that, oh yeah, it could get a little cooler later. Oh, and I did forget my coat. I, I, of course, I have backup type things here, but uh, it was one of the last things I thought of. Because you always forget something, or I always do. Everybody I know always does. Forget at least one thing of some value on a camping trip. But uh, it, it probably wouldn't even... Yeah, and I was thinking around the fire. Yeah, it could be cold. I don't even know if I'll have a fire tonight, but I'd, shame on me if I don't. So I pretty well feel I have to. I don't really want to. I'm feeling really lazy. So, let's go back, wind back, and this again, this is the whole point all along, boys and girls. Wind back to the present moment. Feel the sun. Feel the caress. Hear the sounds. Is that the wind through the trees? It's quiet around you. Just your own voice talking. Again. Ooh. Thought I saw a dog go by. It was just my hand. (laughs) All right, uh, boys and girls, I'm going to shut this down now. I think you're probably saying it's time that I did shut down for my own uh, for my own safety. Um, So I will uh, turn off the appropriate knobs now and uh, leave you alone. And I'll be back a little later on when uh, I'll have entirely different things to say. Uh, and a very good chance more interesting than the clip you just heard. Thank you. Well, I'm not going to guarantee that. That's not a promise. That's more along the lines of a should, and you know how I feel about shoulds. All right, I should stop now, and uh, I will. I'm just going to tilt my head back once more. Ah, a little bing of a message. Part of the planning, part of the procedure. I'm guessing it's either Philip, Tom, or Guilain, because I've interacted with all three of them. So I've taken them with me on this little trip. Right now, I am with, sharing with Tom and Philip. We've been going back and forth, and uh, now Guilain. And the answer is from Guilain. And she says, can I read it? No, I'm not going to read it. It's private, what I was sending to her. No, I don't have to share everything. But I'm going to read it Okay, that's what we're going to do. I'm going to read it silently, okay? You just follow along at home.
Okay, I finished reading, and uh, I'll probably respond to it, and I'll say goodbye to you, the listener at home, or wherever you are. Bye for now. Ding dong. Well, this is uh, quite entertaining. It's the uh, orange helicopter. That's the one that's used for uh, uh, emergencies. You know, if there's an accident in some remote area or whatever, they have to get somebody very fast to a hospital. Anyway, it's doing circles just directly overhead, right right over Lake Ontario. But, of course, we're right on the edge of it. It's quite something to watch. I mean, it's low. That's, that's even more exciting than the freight trains at night. I'm guessing they're uh, training a pilot, maybe. It's, uh, it's done quite a few loops, but uh, I just needed to get a little, a little bit of that sound on record for you. Here, I'll let it come back. Oh, it's further out now, over the lake. All right, uh, I guess you've had enough of that. In two weeks you'll be hearing cars, I think, uh, race cars, yeah. Catch you in a bit. Oh, it's uh, just an update. It's what, it's about 7 o'clock, I guess. I'm still reading the Willie Nelson book. He's quite a character. Again, uh, the more you read about him, there's a lot of things not to like about him. When you see him on TV as this 90-year-old, you think, oh, i got to love Willie Nelson. But you read about a lot of the shit that he did in his life. All the marriages, the, uh, yeah, he, he was kind of an ornery bastard. All right, we'll leave it at that. Bye for now. And uh, good morning to you. Well, it's a good morning to me. No idea where or when you are, but um, gosh. This is a strange park because it, I... I'd say it's very quiet. I'm in the no radio zone, meaning, you know, you can't get a bunch of kids out there playing music. And uh, and yet, you hear the trucks along the highway in the distance, but you really hear the trains. And personally, I love it. I love the sound. But I cannot believe how many freights are barreling through last night. Now... I've I've just had a perfect sleep. It's after eight now, and I'm just just woke up. Um, and I guess I was in bed before midnight for sure. Finished off the, uh, the spare. Um, these these I I wanted to record it because it seemed really amplified at night. The sound, the way the sound carries. 
by God, those horns, you know, the two longs, the two shorts, the just these. So I, I'm going to try maybe tonight to um, get a bit. You don't know when they're coming, but when they do, wow. Uh, it, it's an incredibly beautiful sound. And it's just, freight trains have always been, from the early music, I used to listen to the country music, to Johnny Cash, you know, to to so much. It, it's just part part of uh, other times and yet here they are today the same sounds anyway that that's kind of a highlight <laughs> I mean a lot of people would complain and uh, oh my god sound of the trains but to me it just uh, you know I'm sure they just lulled me to sleep I sat by the fire um, I did use one of those logs I bought a log for four dollars you know you uh, it, it's uh, I don't know what they're made of, but they're guaranteed to burn for about four hours. And uh, it did. I mean, it burned really well. Um, Made for your home, you know, to put in your basement uh, fireplace or something. But worked perfectly well here. And I was able to add uh, some wood onto it that I had with me, including a piece of our tree that we had cut down. So uh, that that was success, you know, and just easy. You know, you put the thing down and you hold the uh, the sparkler to it, and off she goes. So it was a quiet fire. I didn't. I kept coming back to the van, thinking, "Do I want a drink?" And all told, yesterday I had one beer. The only good beer I had left, my lug tread. Well, the other one is good, but it's 7.5%, and I just wasn't ready to take that on. A double IPA that uh, Lisa had bought me. Um, And a Guinness. So, yeah, I just, one beer and that was it for the entire day. One glass of wine, I think with supper. And then that quarter cookie, which kept me high. Boy, oh boy, what a nice high, too. It just, uh, well, it might have sounded silly to you. I recorded and I couldn't hold on to thoughts. But um, the effects are very pleasant. Each time when you're doing um, gum edibles, it is different. Uh, But these cookies, wow. And I know where I got them. I just, I can never remember which ones I bought, whether it's the body stone or the head, and uh, clearly that one was the head. So I'm going to, um, it's just nice to have an entire day spread out. It's a little overcast now, but the clouds are moving. The sun, I can see the sun has found a spot to shine through in the blue sky. And again, I'm just, I'm looking in the direction of Lake Ontario. The, the campers that were across from me have gone already. This arrived in the afternoon, disappeared in the morning, just a, a tent and kept it simple, but they knew what they were doing. Um, and I've got this just wonderful, wonderful spot to uh, to myself at the end of a row. It's always good when you get to the end of a row, and uh, so no traffic going by. One other trailer in eyesight, and... Uh, they seem to take off. I guess the truck disappeared. I think maybe they're, they're still working and they're coming back at night to their trailer. So, signing off now, I'm going to uh, maybe do some bacon and eggs for breakfast and get myself a coffee and just enjoy sitting here and now that I've finished that uh, 
the book on Harry, gosh, um, I will never hear William's side or the father's. Um, but I'm, I'm still, I'm still a fan of Prince Charles or King Charles. I beg your pardon, sir. King Charles. I had always wanted to meet him and greet him, but I knew it would be one of those things where you get a smile and, you know, not even a handshake, and uh, that'd be it. Always been a big fan, sir. Always felt for you. Sorry for, actually, all I really wanted to say to King Charles was, uh, sorry for all the pain you went through in your life, the pain and suffering. It is not easy, and anybody, any idiot who thinks, oh, how to be a royal, how wonderful that would be. It's not like winning a million dollars and then you can buy things, you know. You are, your life is is structured from day one with very high expectations. And uh, good, for, uh, good for this guy who just wasn't cut out for it and uh, cut himself out of it. Uh, but the wife, and I sure hope that is a true love story, it certainly sounds like it, that he and Meghan Markle... Um, remain married forever because boy he sure I mean the, the the lot of the story was just a love story well not to get to near the end when he meets her but it was a bit of a hunt for love all along that's for sure alright signing off catch you later have a good day yourself do something that makes you feel good I understand Doug has achieved some accomplishment on, uh, <laughs> and uh, people are pretty, oh, like, good. I think he, I, I can't remember what it was. Um, it was an accomplishment um, of, oh, I'm going to have to read it out now, Doug, to show at least I'm paying attention, but I, I can't congratulate you because I have no idea what it means. Finished story mode on GTA 5 today. So GTA 5, of course, this is the racing game, I'm guessing. And uh, Doug has gone back to his gaming when his, his time off. And um, so he's finished story mode. So maybe it's done everything he could have done to work his way through. And I guess, you know, so congratulations, Doug. Um, yeah. Signing off with that by now. And I'm back already. Um, it's probably sometime around 10.30 a.m. I've just gone in to uh, change into my short pants. I haven't worn shorts in a very, very long time. This is certainly first time in 2023. Because um, it's that hot, the sun is just beating down now. And uh, it won't be long before I'm looking for shade. Uh, luckily, well, not lucky. It was part of the plan. I put the awning out as soon as we arrived. Picnic tables right under it, neat with the tablecloth, and that little gold Buddha that had been sitting in a top shelf. I wasn't sure what to do with it, and now I realize, no, that's the Buddha that I uh, that I just bring with me and and put out when I've set up camp. It's just sitting on the edge of the table, and every once in a while, the sun catches it. Uh, it's the one um, the guy. <laughs> This was when I went to that little town for a fair with my uh, niece um, and saw Wayne Rodstead, I guess. So this is going back, uh, you know, well past his prime, my goodness. Uh, but anyway, there was a, um, a, a shop, you know, 
used antiques, uh, secondhand stuff, a huge one, and a real character behind the bar or behind the counter. And um, I found this little gold Buddha incense holder. I've got to get some incense. But uh, do, you, do, do, do you light up incense when you're camping, or are you not supposed to just be taking in the smells of nature? Like just a while ago, I could smell somebody's bacon and eggs cooking. Oh, was it ever smell good? I have to do my own for lunch, I think. Um, yeah, like, would I? Why would I want to light incense? I guess it depends where you're camping. You know, if it's somebody's front yard, maybe yeah, it's not a bad idea. Or in a city, I don't know about this, but anyway, it's sitting there now. A new addition to the camping gear. I found I had a whole lot of clothes stashed away in a closet, so I've got to sort out what what are essentials that I I want to just keep in the road trek and use, you know, as needed. Uh, so that there's always a backup. So that's, that's just all part of the the continuing fine tuning that comes with camping and uh, you know be getting into a relationship with your vehicle. Uh, I'm just delighted that. <laughs> For some reason, the gas cooked in when I uh, cooked in and turned on. Uh, when I unplugged the road tracker, when my son Daniel unplugged and stowed away the cable for me, it switched automatically to gas. And I've been trying to get it to do that forever. And it, there's a series of buttons um, on, off, you know, there's three buttons, I guess six combinations, but you've got it seems you have to get them exactly right uh, for the auto to work. Anyway, I was just glad to have uh, my fridge stay cold as I drove here, the 40-minute drive that uh, the fridge was running on gas. Uh, and I hope when I go to Mossport in two weeks that that'll be the same because if you if you know there's no plugging there and you don't want to run your generator too much, it's uh, it's noisy. Anyway, those are the some of the practicalities I'm dealing with, and in the heat, like oh my god, this sun beating down on me. But that's exactly what I wanted. Um, but I've got two more books now that I've finished Spare. Um, I've got Willie Nelson's. It's called Willie, an autobiography. I've mentioned this several times. Uh, Willie Nelson with Bud Shrake. So I think Bud Shrake did a oh shit 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 shit. shit. God damn. Just in time. Okay, no damage. Um, wiggle the table, spill my coffee. Just a little bit. And I've got a napkin here. And eh, We're okay. We're okay. Could have been worse. Could have been worse. That's why I brought the tray out, too. So it, was, it spilled onto the tray, and I rescued the second book. So the first one is Willie with uh, Bud Shriek. And the other one is Essays by Gary Snyder, The Practice of the Wild. Now, this I picked up in a bookshop in Vancouver because I just found the card. That would have been from um, ooh, Pulp Fiction, Christopher Clark on uh, 3133 West Broadway, Vancouver. Oh, also Main Street and Broadway. So it's a bookshop I've visited many times and... Uh, this one by Gary Snyder. Gary Snyder is the the serious one of the beats. The true, well, a bit like Alan Watts. I'd put him in that sort of the same category. Um, a student, a, a studier of Eastern religions, of languages, of the native people. Uh, lived in Japan in a 
monastery and, and you know, became a Buddhist um, and is still in his 90s now, I think, and uh, living in California as a poet. Um, so, and he is also, was it Jaffe Ryder? I think that might have been the name in uh, the Dharma Bums, the one who was teaching Kerouac and his friends about Buddhism. Okay, and sexual practices and so on. Anyway, and, and took Kerouac like hiking and, uh, and up into the mountains. I mean, it was, it was a big influence on Kerouac. Very important character, but a real-life character under the name Gary Snyder. And there's a few quotes I wanted to share, but they're so deep. They're so um, thick. It reminds me of uh, Walden, Thoreau's Walden, a book I have not been able to get through and, and never will. I carry a copy with me. I'd like to give it away sometime when I'm camping. And uh, by the way, this year I have to visit Walden Pond. Uh, it's very close to Kerouac's hometown. Um, so anyway, he he's talking about wildness, the etiquette of freedom, it's called. Um, I'll just read something out. Coyote and ground squirrel do not break the compact they have with each other. One must play predator and the other play game. All right. Uh, in the wild, a baby black-tailed hair, hair, black hare gets maybe one free chance to run across a meadow without looking up. There won't be a second. It's not about the, you know, maybe the, the realities of the world. Uh, predator and prey, I suppose. The sharper the knife, the cleaner the line of carving. We can appreciate the elegance of forces that shape life and the world, that have shaped every line of our bodies, teeth and nails, nipples and eyebrows. We must. We also see that we must try to live without causing unnecessary harm. So he's an environmentalist way from way back. Not just to fellow humans, but to all beings. We must try not to be stingy. Or to exploit others. There will be enough pain in the world as it is. Such are the lessons of the wild. The school where these lessons... Go away, Ant. Thank you. Uh, ...can be learned. The realms of caribou and elk, elephant and rhinoceros, orca and walrus are shrinking day by day. Creatures who have traveled with us through the ages are now apparently doomed as their habitat the old, old habitat of humans, falls before the slow-motion explosion of expanding world economies. If the lad or lass is among us who knows where the secret heart of this growth monster is hidden, let them please tell us where to shoot the arrow that will slow it down. Okay, he's talking about the runaway nature of capitalism there. And if secret heart stays secret and our world is made no easier, I for one will keep working for wildness day by day. So there he is uh, a little bit. I don't know what you got out of that, but I just think it's important to give this man credit. Um, I'm going to hit a pause button so I can blow my nose. I think this is pause. Okay, nose blown, uh, tissue paper, or paper towel wiped up the spilled coffee, and we're back. And now for something a little lighter, another American hero. Uh, I have so many, but of course this is Willie Nelson. And I want to share a little passage, which, oh boy, 
Where the hell is it now? Oh, here we are. You know when you hear a song and it hits you immediately, hey, that's the truth. You know what, instinctively? The same thing happened when I read American, or no, Aquarian Gospel. There's a part in the Aquarian Gospel about the life of Jesus that tells where he went during the long period between his childhood and his last ride to Jerusalem when he disappeared. The King James Version of the Bible was later rewritten to cover up the fact that Jesus had discovered reincarnation. Did you hear that? They covered up the fact that Jesus had discovered reincarnation. He learned about it in his travels to Egypt and India. Now, by God, until I read this book, until I read that page, page 133 of the Willie Nelson uh, autobiography, I had no idea Jesus traveled to Egypt and India. One of his lessons was, I'm saying, emphasizing because he uses capital letters for the he. One of his lessons was the lesson of divine love, where he met this beautiful lady in the chambers, and she was playing on a harp, and she was the most beautiful creature he had ever seen in his life. And he fell in love with this girl. It's the most beautiful story in the world about how Jesus overcame carnal love and retained his divine love, because that was his reason for being here, to show divine love to all mankind. Here he was being tempted by this most beautiful creature on earth, but he remained strong. He stayed Jesus and stayed divine love personified. I realized it would take many more reincarnations for me to triumph over my lustful urges, but at least I knew I was on the right path. Now, I should point out, this is Willie Nelson, written, I think, in about 1985 or so. Copyright 1988, yeah. So I'm thinking maybe some of Willie's views have changed in the past 30 years or so. I don't know. Um, it, it, a lot of the book is just his struggles of, you know, with his marriages, his children, and, and uh, his, his love for honky-tonk bars and drinking. And uh, he was writing a lot of songs. So there's, there's a, good, a good bit right here. Hang on while I find it. He wrote a song, and I believe it's called Nightlife. And I'll Google it later for the lyrics, some of which are, When the evening sun goes down, you find me hanging around. The nightlife ain't no good life, but it's my life. So um, nightlife had been turned down by D-Records and Pappy Daly people as not being a country song, even though I owed D-Records some songs. I knew nightlife was good. I sold it to Burskick for enough money to go into a studio and record it. That was $150. Pappy Daly heard that I was do- what I was doing and threatened to sue me, but I didn't care. I just changed my name. He was using somebody else's studio, right? The record we put out was Nightlife by Paul Bursick, performed by Hugh Nelson and Paul Bursick and the Little Men. Nightlife is now, this is again 1988, one of the most recorded songs in history. No, I didn't know that. Did you? I don't even know the song. I know if I heard it, I would. It's been performed by more than 70 artists from country and blues and jazz and pop all the way to opera singers. Nightlife has sold more than 30 million records. 
All I got out of it was $150. That's the story of Willie Nelson, boys and girls. But so what? At the time, I needed the money. Suppose I'd been stubborn and waited and maybe never sold it at all. The fact that both songs became hits encouraged me to think I could write a lot of more songs that were just as good. All right. So I'll just give a little bit more. This is, again, the continuing saga. This is in the 1950s. Finally, the time had come for me to go to Nashville. Martha Paclana, Susie, and Billy, and the children, into our 1950 Buick that I was five payments late on. I drove them to Waco and left them with Martha's parents. With an Oklahoma credit card, a siphon for stealing gas, I drove that Buick to Nashville, wondering all the way at exactly what moment the car would fall apart. The Buick took me as far as downtown Nashville and then belched smoke and kind of sighed like an old horse and lay down and died. But I was in Nashville at last, ready to shoot it out with the big boys. I was going on I was going on toward my 27th birthday. So that's, uh, that's pretty interesting. And then we get a new chapter, the next one, called The Chorus. So we'll leave that there with you. It's just that a part of camping to me is bringing books and reading uh, in the outdoors. It's just just take great pleasure. There's not a whole lot of having to do this. I mean, a lot of people get to campsite and they get get the map out and they read, okay, what hikes they're going to take that day. And that's good. That's, that's better. But for me, sitting here with my uh, feet up on my footstool, gosh, I'm going to have to take these socks off. They're too hot. Um, I'm, I just want to just sit and read and damn pretty soon i'm gonna get half to get out of this hot blazing sun jesus all right scarborough dude yours truly signing off with my uh, second coffee which i did half regular and half decaf and another big shot of quantro yeah there ain't no life like it bye for now And welcome to my evening. It's a Thursday evening, June 1st. And I'm sitting sort of behind the van by my fire. I told you I backed the fan in. Just It was just such a perfect spot to actually put the van between the um, fire pit here, just, just in back of it, um, and to the side. And the picnic table on the other side. So I've, uh, I've, you know, arranged a nice little, oh, I don't know, camping area. What do you, what do you call it? <laughs> a little homestead here. Anyway, I uh, couldn't find the other starter log like I used last night. But realized I had uh, little white briquette-type things that you can use to start a fire. And also some lighter fluid for starting charcoal fires. So uh, I applied those to a couple of two-by-twos I had and then stuck on the other tree limb I brought with me. I only bought two pieces from the tree that was cut down our front lawn, the birch. And I burned one last night and the other one is burning right now. So I was actually able to uh, get a fire with the help of cardboard and paper, of course, and as I mentioned, the lighter fluid to soak the, uh, the tree a bit. But uh, anyway... So here we are, and uh, decided it was going to be a quiet night. Uh, You know, I had my beer earlier, the uh, 7.4% double IPA. Very good, but uh, strong, of course. 
and haven't felt the urge to get any red wine into me. But uh, did have a, uh, a couple of tokes from a, a joint I rolled when I was in Gatineau. And uh, it was probably, that was probably a good idea. Just, you know, to focus in on the fire a little more. Tune in. You know, that's what it was a little bit about. Tune in. I was feeling kind of low on energy. And uh, I could just go and lie down. Had a wonderful, wonderful nap this afternoon. Gosh, again, the luxury of a nap in this road trek. Just lying in the back, windows open, overhead fan on. Felt great. So, I've uh, started, I got the recorder out because I was hoping another train would go by. Now, there will be, but last night there were several, one after another. Um, so, I will keep this handy. I'll stop now, but uh, as soon as I hear a train coming, I will turn on the recorder again. In fact, maybe I'll just pause it. Yeah, pause. <laughs> Checking it again. Um, it is late. I guess it's midnight. No, do I have to look? Jesus. What's the point? Like, what difference does it make to you? 11.52, okay? God damn. So nitpicky. All right. Almost midnight. Lying in the back. Uh, tried calling my good friends in Vancouver in the North Shore. Um... And uh, no answer. Then I thought, well, they might be in the middle of a movie or whatever. Don't bother anybody. You don't have to. I wanted to FaceTime them. Show off that I'm sitting here. I got my nice, you know, little electric lights up. Or the, you know, what do you call them? Um, You know, it just looks cozy in here. And I wanted to. Uh, I wanted to share, I wanted to connect. Okay, anyway, could do it. And uh, so I get you instead, the silent listening audience. Um, but I did spend, I, I gave up on the fire. We, You know, I had enough of a fire. And then uh, went down by the water. It's just like the end of my 
campsite that just comes to it's a, a chain link fence keeping you from falling off the cliff and uh, it was a, just a tremendous sky tonight of clouds just continually reforming and uh, taking on new shapes and patterns and I spent pretty well the whole evening well I spoke to Jay around the campfire and then in, into the clouds and felt alone in not a bad way felt it was a time to be honest and I tried to take stock of my life yeah that's what I did that's what I wanted to share with you I tried very hard to be objective and take stock of my life and then gosh I might even tell you the conclusion I concluded I've been very successful now you know if people judge outwardly, well, they'd, they'd have to say, well, I guess so. I mean, there you are. you got a house. you got a couple of cars and a road track. And so financially, you must be doing okay. You're living in Toronto, my God. So, yeah, in that respect. I am. It's funny. I was going to say I wasn't respecting. What, what am I saying, anyway? What am I saying? <sighs> Taking stock of my life. And realize, I guess I, maybe I've been a bit ruthless too. Maybe not ruthless. No, I've never been ruthless. <laughs> no, but uh, I get what I want. And you know, you, you you're trained to think that that's a, a bad quality. But is it? Gosh, I'm not enjoying this, but uh, that was sort of the point. I didn't know I was going to be telling you about these things. Uh, but that's what I was just trying to do. Take stock and be honest and look back at my life. And, uh, and um, realize it has not been all happy times. But we got to where we are. And I guess the, the other thing, the other part of the story, was taking stock of where I am now and making going out and making this trip and then thinking about, okay, you know, I should get out to Vancouver, visit those very friends I was trying to call. So, yeah, I got to, you know, don't let this handicap hold me back. You know, you're going to get your way through the airport. Using your walker, you're going to have to get on a couple of trains, but you can do that. They have handicap access. Get yourself to Vancouver, yeah, so that's something to plan for. Now, it seems selfish. I'm always thinking about what do I want to do. But given that my wife will be working five days a week, uh, and I have part of a, a West uh, WestJet ticket credit, which I don't want to waste, because I postponed the trip I was going to take in the uh, when was that uh, in March because of this pain that came, visited me. So anyway, that thought came up. I can put on hold thoughts about trying to organize a little gathering, even if it's only just a few people in um, Windsor. 
you know, keeping myself busy with ideas for things to do. But the reality, it's, you know, could be, yeah, because the day will come when my condition will get a little worse and I won't be able to do these things quite so easily. So, yeah, get on it. If you're saying you're aggressive and you get things done or you get what you want, then uh, keep going, pal, because, uh, well, nobody else is going to do all these things for you. If, you know, you you, you want something, you got to go after it. Gosh, you're sounding like a capitalist. This is awful. But I guess, I mean, that is that's part of the the human species maybe as a as a culture as a civilization we don't seem to be doing well and i i blame a lot of it on this greed system which is capitalism of just i mean everybody buys into it because everybody wants the toys and trinkets so sure you're gonna yeah that looks like fun yeah i wanted one of those iphones you know i want to be distracted so anyway, it was a, a, an evening spent, not wasted, uh, sp- spent in reflection and observation and uh, trying to get to some truth about my relationships with my sons, my wife, you know. I mean, this kind of examination is never over. But I felt tonight I was at least aware of what I was doing and and will try and continue to do this on, on future trips. Some of the uh, one of the reasons why it's important to spend some time alone sometimes to reflect, to think, to correct. All right, I think I've given you enough. I probably gave you more than enough. I probably gave you more than I want to share, but uh hey. We've always tried to do that on the Dixon Janes podcast. I'm I'm proud of this as a, as a, a thing I do. I'm proud of this podcast. I don't mind saying that. Be an idiot not to say it. Uh, I'm going to turn the light out if you don't mind. Ooh, darkness. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Anyway, yeah, things are good. Things are good, and uh, I'm just wise enough to know. Um, to be grateful for it and appreciate it and recognize that. And I did say at one point to myself, nobody else heard, but uh, I am getting a little older and a little wiser. The little wi- there is a little wisdom coming with age, I think. Yeah, I think. I got the door open a crack. Scarborough Dude, yours truly, me, signing off. Gonna go back and read some Willie Nelson, if that's okay with you. Sure. And good morning. It is uh, about 9 a.m. on Friday, June 2nd. And of course, I'm still here at Darlington Provincial Park, sitting in my chair with my feet up on my little footstool. Um, there is a new camping family directly across from me. Kids in a tent and a trailer and uh, it was empty for a while. <laughs> it, it's nice when it's empty. Uh, there's nothing wrong with the way it is now but I'm just 
describing the local scene, people coming and going, still loving the campsite that I've got and would like it again. That's the trouble. You find a favorite spot and you just don't want to go anywhere else unless it's sort of at the end of a loop just on the edge of the lake, which is where I am. A very pleasant time staring up at the, the moon and the stars last or the clouds last night. Didn't see any stars. Um, and the reflections I just shared with you. I just listened back. I wasn't sure what I had said. I, I guess I was still a little high from the uh, from the J. Um, yeah, I, I said I'm successful, and and. <sighs> If you know me, it's very hard for me to to express <laughs> good things about myself. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm, somebody could be shouting in the background saying, that's not true at all. You do it all the time. But I do struggle with, with uh, self-esteem. Um, and I, I sort of pull myself back as soon as I get that feeling. And it's something I was brought up with. You know, As soon as I think, oh, look what I did. Aren't I good? It's almost like I hear a scolding by my mother. That that's not the British way. It, you know, that's in my imagination. But there's that sense of you're not supposed to speak highly of yourself ever. It's just not done. Um, and I think our entire family ran, ran, it just ran through. There's a lack of self-confidence in all of us. I mean, the three children and um, both my parents to some degree. So when I say I am successful, I have to almost um, explain it or, or limit it or, or somehow pull that little balloon back down to the ground. But uh, <laughs> the fact is, uh, boy, I'm in a pretty good place. And, and this is health aside, and I think what I'm talking about really is, you know, somebody else could say, yeah. I mean, there are, there are people who will moan and fret and spend all their time uh, worried about their health or their, you know, financial status or whatever. And that's just not in my nature. My nature is to be positive, is to see the good. And I know a lot of sometimes people around me, you know, including my wife, find that, well, I think she has said an occasion, it, would be, it must be nice to be like you, you know, just, just making things seem easy all the time. Well, they're not. I've put myself through a lot of struggles to get to where I am. Like that, that trip to Nigeria was was a challenge. I didn't know if I could handle that. Holy shit! Living in a village, you know, teaching, being a teacher—I don't know if I can do that. But I did. In fact, I thrived. Um, and the same for the one-way ticket to Japan. Well, what do you got to lose? Give it a shot. So those things made me stronger. Uh, going to group therapy at the age of, uh, gosh, what, 24? Well, let's see, 19, yeah, about 24. Um, when I really needed to, I, I just, uh, I, I guess what I needed, <laughs> I needed some self-confidence, I guess. I needed to... Um, take myself apart and put myself back together. Maybe that's what we did in group therapy. I don't know. Can't explain without going into it in great detail. And uh, we've already done that, I think, in earlier podcasts. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm what I'm seeing is that it's been a long path to get to the where I am now, and where I am now feels pretty fucking good. Sitting beside my road track, looking over at my walker, it's serving me well. I got the model I wanted. It's like it was like buying a car. Ooh, that Nexus, yeah, in blue. Yeah, the tall model. Yeah, that's the one I want. And I got it, and it's it's beautiful. I spent the whole time around the fire just sitting in this thing. When I needed to carry boxes, I, I put them on the on the seat and pushed it like a, a cart. When I want to go down to the uh, the rivers or to the edge of the site here, I just wheel this over and turn it around and uh, sit looking over at the water and the sky. So even that, you know, hey, why do you have that? Well, because you got some issues, buddy. You got some health issues. You got neuropathy. You got things that I'm starting to notice. I'm a little, I'm dropping things more frequently than I should be. It's just, it's funny. And it might, I don't, I don't hear other people talking about that, but things will just sort of fall from my hand when, uh, when they shouldn't. Um, but I'm not dwelling on that. That's not the focus. This is something, this is a, a hurdle I've already gotten over. And that's why I'm moving forward at the age of 75 to be positive, to do things, to get out there, not to hold myself back, not to make excuses, not to say I can't do this, but to do these things. It's better for everybody. And maybe especially myself. And I guess maybe that's the thing. I, I don't think I said that last night. But I'll say it now. I am a very selfish person. I look after Ken. And uh, I've taken very good care of Ken. And I know even the Buddhists are saying, you, you, you're useless to anybody unless you love yourself. And that is the struggle. Like when I talk about these qualities, a little bit of aggression, a little bit of serving myself, a little bit of putting myself first, uh, dealing with an ego that needs a lot of support and feedback and you know, likes from other people. All those I think of as very negative things, and yet, at the same time, I'm supposed to turn around and love myself. And yet I'm thinking, yeah, but if I was less egocentric, if I was less selfish, if I was more considerate, if I was all these other things, and that's just another way of saying you don't like yourself for who you are. And I'm still, that still needs work. I'm still working on that. It, it's a struggle. Um, no matter how you're picking up on this, and I'm realizing, of course, the, the, the problem with words, my God, I'll say something to my wife or my son, or in particular to Bruce, especially if it's a written word. Barnacle Bill will just turn around and and interpret it completely different from how I said it. And, and yesterday... He called me on it. He really called me on it. And I wrote back immediately with an apology. Like, I, I admitted I was wrong. Like, he, he I said something. I, I, I made a, a crazy statement. Like, I'm really glad my wife, Naoko, is happy that I go off on these trips. Some, something along that line. Like, it was, I was saying, it was, it's a good thing, Naoko knows that these trips are good for me. And that was it. She knows these trips are good for me. And he wrote back, I'm still chuckling out loud. Like, you, if, if anybody needs a break on a holiday, it's Naoko. It's not you. You do nothing. You do nothing. You're always 
looking after yourself and here you are saying you really need this break <laughs> and and he was and you know I fired back well you misunderstood and uh, you know I was trying to think of no you know it is true like she's happy when when I'm heading off because she knows I do maybe I don't know come back happier or whatever but it is a good thing for me to feel independent that that was the point I wanted to make that that I can go off and I can do everything. I don't need anybody's help. Um, and can manage cooking and cleaning and, you know, everything that I have to do. I can do it. And that makes me feel better. Um, but he didn't see it that way. He just said, my God, you, of all the people looking for excuses, you're, you're feeling guilty and you're trying to justify it. And I'm not, you know, and I write back, I'm not feeling guilty. And, but... I immediately corrected myself. He was absolutely right that um, any amount of criticism, I have a very hard time handling it. And if it comes from Naoko or from my either of my sons, the defenses go up like, holy shit, you know, we're being attacked. The walls come up. I will immediately fight back. I will push back. I will. I will twist things. I will not simply accept a what's usually a very valid uh, and timely criticism and I have to learn to back off to hold on to listen what are they saying why are they saying it what have what have I done that maybe have, have you know upset or offended or, or been been wrong about? What is it? I have to learn to listen better and be more open to criticism. So I'm telling you that <laughs> this applies for anybody listening. Um, if you've picked up on something and you want to tell me, go ahead. Take your chances. See what happens to our friendship. No. I mean, you know, I'm just joking. I, I did the other thing last night that I did reflect on and I don't think I mentioned was how important the friendships I have are to me. And, and that's the thing that sometimes I struggle with because your your family should be number one all the time. But boy, oh boy, my, my friendship with, and I'll just toss out a name, for example, Francis Wooby. I rarely see, you know what, maybe a couple of times a year, if that. But it's there. And it remains strong and it probably gets stronger every time we do meet up. Um... And I could list off a whole other group. I mean, this, this fellow, uh, Yasser, who I so rarely meet, you know, it's sort of I'll get a message from him. He's back in town, you know, let's meet for coffee. Uh, and they come out of the blue, and they could be months apart. And then it's a really deep discussion and great, great uh, exchange. And I, and I think this is the thing, that these, these friendships are so much a part of my life and who I am, and I think I recognize that very early in life, that friendships are important. And they take work and nurturing, like my friend Robin said, like like a garden, you've got to, you've got to look after them. Um, and some you sort of let fade away, I guess, you know, when, when the connection just isn't strong enough. Or the need isn't there for either of you. Or other things get in the way. But the other friendships you, you nurture, and, and, and I'm happy to say they're, they're 
it's still growing. There are still new friendships. Uh, there's still the, the strengthening. The the thing I talked about with uh, Philip, Philippe, Philip, and uh, a person I'm still getting to know better. And still, you know, it's it's a little game in the beginning sometimes, sorting out who who are you and who are you and who am I and uh, in this relationship. Um, so it's 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 very much an ongoing living thing friendships relationships it's it's a living thing and it's very important because we do not cannot survive alone so i'm not talking just about all the other people that keep you healthy the doctors and uh, physiotherapists and uh, you know the pharmacist and everybody else who's doing their part the part of that you are swimming in this this current of, of uh, things that just make your life easy you know the poly throw in the politicians throw in everybody you're 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 living in a culture that works that uh, you're a part of and you you're you're doing your part you fit in nicely you pay your taxes you're okay that's all important too but beyond that when it comes to needing more, needing to talk, needing to exchange, needing to understand life, needing to get different viewpoints, needing to share your own viewpoint with others. This is this is rich and wonderful. So I guess I've made my point. Um, again, another bit of a hodgepodge of a podcast. I've got some editing to do. I just want to include just a little bit of train sounds in there. But... Uh, I think I'll uh, I'll end it now and get on with what's next. I just had a very tasty boiled egg and wished I had two. I've got to have a little spice thing that poured the salt and pepper onto the plate to dip it in. It was just it was just perfect, and uh, I think I'll make myself a a sandwich now. I've got peanut butter and jelly with me. That sounds like a, a, a a nice, a nice thing for breakfast. No more uh, yesterday's eggs and bacon and beans was great. Today, I think I'll just have a nice sandwich, and uh, I'm really enjoying. The milk is very cold in the fridge. I've got it in what was a uh, a jar for for pasta sauce, and I realized, gosh, it's got markings on it. It's a great jar. It's now part of my camping gear, right? And you use that. You keep that jar and use it for milk. You can drink right out of it. It's great. And you can see through it. It's a jar. You know how much milk you got left. How much you need for your cereal. How much you need just to guzzle. All right. The little things, 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 the little things in life. These are the important things. And, yeah. You little Scarborough dude. Signing off. Maybe this is a goodbye. I don't know. Maybe I'll... I'll see. The big job for today is to drain my tanks. Uh, I gotta get that right. I gotta get that. Uh, I mean, it's it's just an unpleasant and difficult job of um, getting out, getting this hose down there, and uh, trying to get your macerator to work and flush the fluids and flush your sink and your toilet and everything else. But uh, the job will be done. Bye for now.
Okay, I uh, I have no idea how many pieces I've recorded already, how long it is, where this will fit in, but I really want to record, er, yeah, um, a piece that I'm reading on the Willie Nelson biography. I'm really enjoying this book. Mixed feelings about Willie the man, but uh, I'm getting to like him more and more as he gets older, and I think as the 90-year-old he is now, because remember, this was written when he was about 65. Uh, the 90-year-old, I think, is a pretty fine guy. But uh, anyway... Back here, I'll uh, I'll read the passage and uh, fit it in somewhere. Back in Austin in the 70s, a bunch of us got into hallucinogenics. I'm an experimental sort of fellow. I ate peyote, swallowed mescaline, had some fairly astounding adventures and revelations. There was plenty of acid around in those days, pure sunshine acid that was easy to get from a chemist, chemist in San Francisco. Another good brand was called Purple Jesus. It made you radiate. I understand why acid and the psychedelics were popular in the 60s and 70s. It was a step in awakening our consciousness to prepare people for the spiritual evolution of the age of Aquarius. The young hippies who were high on acid, some of them are in important places today with their understanding expanded by their acid experiences. In the fairly short period of time that I used it, Acid taught me several profound things. One was that I must not take acid and try to play a show. I knew better than to do that, but I'd had a few drinks, and when somebody handed me a tab of sunshine, I thought, well, why not? Without asking how big a dose it was, I washed the sunshine down with a beer. It was still a couple of hours before I was due on stage. This ought to be a real interesting show, I said. Yeah, man, far fucking out, my friend said. Wow, you took 1,500 mics. A dose of 500 micrograms of good LSD is enough to put you in a state where people look like walking skeletons and the road can turn into chocolate pudding. I had taken three times that. Acid comes on in about an hour with a golden rush of euphoria and energy. This will last about an hour. Then it starts getting tricky. You can go on a spiritual trip and feel a blissful oneness with the universe. Or you can become a terrified, raving nut. Much of it has to do with your surroundings. You have a cleaner shot at bliss if you're sitting on a rock by a creek alone in the woods than you do if you're climbing onto the stage in a honky-tonk packed with thousands of screaming people. I opened my mouth and sang, but all I heard was some distant voice imitating mine. Great roars came from the crowd, unlike any human sound I'd ever heard. The lights glowed like fiery embers. The whole room started pulsing with a low, ominous jungle beat. I seem to be standing in chocolate pudding. Please, Lord, get me out of this. I promise I'll never do it again, I tried to say. But the secret to a successful acid trip is not to try to control the things that are happening to you. Don't try to be in charge. How do you totally surrender your ego and sing at the same time? The more you try to put your ego first, the more fucked up and paranoid you get. An indisputable fact about acid 
is once you swallow that tab, it will be about 18 hours before the experience is over. Acid doesn't quit fucking with you just because you get tired of fucking with it. My fingers began turning into claws on the guitar. I felt like I looked like a werewolf. And I'll just end it there, but uh, just a sampling of uh, why I'm enjoying this book so much. Um, So, we'll leave it at that. Bye for now.